It's time for the Access Health Radio Question and Answer Show. Welcome to Access Health Radio. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and this week we will be discussing questions that we've received so far over the last year and question answers to them on Access Health Radio. It's always one of my favorite shows with Dr. Brian Forrest, board-certified family physician from Apex. I'm Mike Davis. Thanks for joining us. And we'd like to take just a moment to thank the companies that support Access Health Radio. We'd like to thank Marley Drug in Winston-Salem for supporting our show. They mail order generic medications directly to your home with free shipping, often at costs that are much lower than even the big box pharmacies. Check them out at MarleyDrug.com. That's M-A-R-L-E-Y-D-R-U-G.com. We'd also like to thank our local pharmacy, We Care Pharmacy of Apex, for sponsoring our tip of the week. Uh, you can check them out at WeCareOfApex.com. Folks there also help us out with some special shows and have great customer service. And we'd also like to thank Dr. Badwan over at Wake Family Eye Care, who sponsor Access Health Radio Trivia. You can check them out at wakefamilyeyecare.com. So Dr. Forrest has the answers, but the questions come from you, our listeners. And in case you have a question, Dr. Forrest has the uh, way that you can get that question to him. What is that, Dr. Forrest? So if people want to just email us questions that they like us to answer uh, on the air, they can email that to accesshealthradio at gmail.com. Uh, and also, you know, if they miss part of the show or want to hear it again or have a family member listen to part of the show, they can always check out an on-demand podcast at WPTF.com. And we also have, uh, you know, we upload every week to Apple Podcast as well. So people can also enjoy the the show on their phone uh, and they can do that from wptf.com from that app or from apple podcast and if they like information about our medical practice in apex north carolina they can go to acchealth.com that's acchealth.com they can give us a call at 919-363-0190 and uh, we'd be glad to tell them more about our practice there you know, normally each week we take one topic and we do a deep dive into that. But with our question and answer show, it's quite a bit different. We go over a multitude of the most asked questions that Dr. Forrest has received over the last year or so. Remember, you can submit your questions as well at accesshealthradio.com. So, Dr. Forrest, here is our first question. Uh, this person says, I know that staying hydrated is important, and you've certainly uh, been preaching that message, but I don't know exactly how much water I should drink. Dr. Forrest, what say you? Yeah, this is, yeah, this is a great question, and uh, I know this is something I get on my own patients about all the time. Uh, they could tell you probably every time I see them, I'm reemphasizing this point. But, you know, as a general rule, uh, you just take however much you weigh in pounds, uh, you divide that by two, and that's the amount of fluid you should drink in ounces per day. So, for example, if somebody weighs 200 pounds, you divide that by two, that's 100, and 100 ounces is what they need each day. Uh, by the same you know, example, if somebody weighs 128 pounds, then they only need 64 ounces. Um, you know, the only thing to remember is that all fluids don't hydrate exactly the same. So, you know, if you were hydrating with something with high alcohol content, they're really strong diuretics and that can actually make you lose water. Um, so most non-sugar drinks will hydrate you pretty well, including water. 
Um, but if you are sweating a lot, then putting some of those electrolytes back uh, with something that's sugar-free, uh, like a sugar-free sports drink, sugar-free Gatorade, something like that, uh, can help. Also, remember that that half your weight in ounces calculation is for an average day. Um, if you've been sweating profusely, uh, let's say you've been working up in an attic or you've been working out at the gym for an hour, then what you need to do is add another 32 ounces for every hour that you're sweating a lot. And, uh, you know, remember that our bodies are mostly water and we can easily lose five to 10% of our water in any given day. I, um, you know, one of the things I did in a, a previous medical life, uh, before I moved back to apex, uh, is that Wake Forest university, our practice were the team doctor for the football team. And, uh, some of those big guys, especially on a sunny day, uh, and they had black top uniforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of those guys would drink more than a gallon of Gatorade before the game, and they would still have to have an IV at halftime because they were cramping due to dehydration. Wow. So think about that. They, you know, they drank a gallon or more, and they still had to have an IV by halftime. So remember, it's not just about what you put in; it's also about how fast you lose it. That is a lot of fluid. Uh, Straight ahead, we're going to talk allergies. That's one of the questions coming up, and uh, that's certainly going to be one I'll be paying attention to because uh, I battle with those. And more questions that people have had for Dr. Forrest. Straight ahead on Access Health Radio. This is Access Health Radio. We're taking your questions and posing them to board-certified family physician Dr. Brian Forrest today here on Access Health Radio. I'm Mike Davis. But first, it's time for our tip of the week. Thanks to We Care Pharmacy of Apex for sponsoring the Access Health Radio tip of the week, Doc. Well, this week's tip is about eye health. And, you know, usually around the age 40, people will notice a change in their vision where it's harder to read things up close, and that's called presbyopia. It's normal with aging, um, and this is the reason that people use reading glasses and that kind of thing, but when while you can get reading glasses and even try them on at most stores and see what strength is right for you, you really need to make sure you get an eye exam as well to make sure nothing else is happening. You know, you might be experiencing some changes in your vision due to things like diabetes, glaucoma, or some other condition that actually needs treatment to save your vision. So I I recommend an annual eye exam for all of my patients over 40 and also anyone with diabetes. Very good. Time for our second batch of questions on our Q&A show today, Dr. Forrest. And uh, here's a question about allergies. This person wants to know what is the most effective thing they can do over the counter for pollen allergies, and we've just come through pollen season, and I know that really actually continues right on into the summer and into the fall for some people. Uh, what are some uh, OTC medications that people can take that are really uh, that really get the job done? Yeah, and Mike, I think this is this might be one of the worst allergy seasons that we've seen in years, especially in terms of how long it's going to last. It mm. started early. And just because it starts early doesn't mean it ends early. I think we're just going to have a prolonged season this year. Mm. Uh, But there are some great over-the-counter options. And and one of the biggest mistakes people make is they assume that a pill is going to be the thing to do. And in the case of allergies, um, the nasal sprays are so much better than the pills. Um, In fact, I've I've, uh, had that on one of my board exam questions before, you know, what's preferred and most effective. And one of the, and the answer was it was a nasal spray, not any of the pills. 
So um, some of the best ones out there used to be prescription, and they've gone over-the-counter in recent years. And a lot of times you can actually get the name brand of these prescription uh, nasal sprays, um, like example would be Nasacort or Flonase. And sometimes even the big box warehouse stores will have those for like a three pack for like $30. So very inexpensive. And the nasal steroids work really well. Sometimes the name steroids scares people, uh, but this isn't the steroids like the bad type people think about. This is just like, it's almost like what, what's in hydrocortisone cream. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only difference is when you put that in a nasal spray and you spray it in your nose, and it's just literally, it's one drop spread out over your nose on each side once a day. So it's not a lot of liquid or anything like that. That one spray once a day is twice as effective as any of the uh, pills you can take. Now, um, so we always recommend that first line. That's going to get you about 50% relief uh, on your allergy symptoms. Now, there also are antihistamines, things like uh, Claritin, Zyrtec, uh, Zizol, um, Alivert. I like Alivert for, because you don't have to have water to take it. It sort of dissolves in your mouth and has the same active ingredient as the Claritin. Mm-hmm. Um, and those will typically help symptoms about 25%. Um, and sometimes they're a little more helpful with the running um, the runny nose and maybe some of the eye symptoms. Sometimes they can be really helpful with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also for eyes, a lot of people have really itchy eyes and they water during the allergy season. And there are over-the-counter eye drops that are very effective, not just the ones that work for, for lubrication, uh, but also they have some that actually have some like anti-allergy properties like Napcon and that type thing. So um, you can always ask the pharmacist um, there um, you know, specifically what brands they have. Uh, but again, those are the, some of the ones I would look for. And I think they're really very effective. They're um, almost, if you're using combinations of those, they're really almost as effective as allergy shots. Um, so you can really do good care. And we definitely need that here in North Carolina this year. Yeah, certainly do. All right, Dr. Forrest. Next question up is uh, about snake bites. We're getting into the warm weather season now. And this writer says, uh, with warm weather, there are a lot of copperheads out. If bitten, should I use one of those suction kits uh, or cut over the bite and suck out the venom? This sounds like something from a, an old Western movie. Uh, what, uh, <laughs> what say ye? What should we do? Well, you're right. In fact, uh, probably only a couple weeks ago, I saw some Western movie where they were doing something like that. Mm-hmm. I can't can't remember if it was true grit or which one it was, but that definitely happened. Yeah. Uh, so the answer, the short answer is absolutely do not ever suck out the venom of a snake bite. Um, that could create a second danger by in, by having that in your mouth. Um, and it also makes the wound more likely to get infected because now you're taking all your mouth bacteria and potentially putting those into a, to a wound. So, you know, in North Carolina, copperheads are the main snake that people run into that are venomous. Um, however, even though they are venomous, the bites are almost never fatal. And, you know, with a venomous snake bite, it's important to stay very calm. Uh, you want, obviously, if the snake bit you, you want to get away from the snake. Right. Um, so they can't bite you again and you want to call for help. <laughs> uh, but you but you shouldn't go running. Like, you, like, you know, you got bit by a snake. You don't want to go running because that's just going to, you know, make your heart rate increase and circulate things faster. You don't want that. Uh, so you should go to the ER after a snake bite. Um, they may they they may not always give you antivenom, especially with something like a copperhead bite. Um, but you need to get on nine one one as quick as you can. 
uh, on your cell phone or somebody else's and you need to get to the hospital. Um, if it's one of the dangerous snakes in North Carolina, because there are some timber rattlesnakes uh, in the western part of our state, uh, and then we've got some cottonmouths down in the eastern part, um, and bites from those can be dangerous, and you might need antivenom for those. Um, we also have coral snakes, uh, which unfortunately look very much like these little friendly king snakes we have. Uh, and then we also have pygmy rattlers, but bites from those snakes, those smaller venomous snakes are very, very, very rare. So I wouldn't worry about those, but the short answer is no, don't suck venom out of a, a, a snake bite. Uh, don't cut it. Don't do anything else with it. Uh, just get help, get to the hospital as soon as you can. Okay. No, no, uh, no playing hero on yourself, right? Is that, that the idea I'm That's hearing? Correct. Got it. Okay, uh, Dr. Forrest, uh, some people have uh, here have some questions about a recent show you did on skin health. This one listener asks, on the show you mentioned that there are laser treatments that can remove previous sun damage to the skin. What specifically can be treated, and of course, how much does it cost? Well, that's a great question. Um, you know, at this point, there are a lot of different laser and radio frequency technologies that we can use. Um, but as an example, um, you know, at our office, we use the ICON system um, and it uses laser. It also uses IPL. IPL stands for intense pulse light. And, you know, with that, we can remove wrinkles, brown spots, scars, stretch marks. Uh, and we can also remove telangiectasias. Telangiectasias are those little bitty tiny red blood vessels that sometimes are just under the surface of the skin and look like little spider veins. And sometimes people get those on their face and we can also get rid of those. And, you know, for most patients, they are usually reducing age spots and wrinkles. Um, but these things can be really expensive. The equipment is incredibly expensive. Uh, cost is going to vary from clinic to clinic. We try to keep ours uh, about 30% less than average. Um, and But you're still talking about running a couple of thousand dollars um, if you're going to have several treatments. I think usually most people uh, to get the results they want need about four to eight treatments. Um, and, uh, you know, though it's uh, not for sun damage, we also do have a sculpture laser device that, that's for reducing fat at the office as well. And, you know, that thing can remove 25% of the fat in a, in a problem area, um, you know, with a single treatment program. And, you know, each one of those sessions usually takes less than 26 minutes. Hmm. Um, and, and also all the, all the things we talked about for removing that sun damage, those procedures usually take well under 30 minutes each as well. All right. Thank you very much, Dr. Forrest. Uh, Doc, if people, uh, this may have even generated more questions. If people want to find out more information about sculpture, as you uh, just mentioned, uh, or uh, removing these uh, sun-damaged areas from the skin, or maybe they have another question, uh, or they want to find out about your practice, uh, where can they go? Well, if they want to find out about our practice, they can call us at 919-363-0190, uh, or they can go to our website at acchealth.com. That's A-C-C-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. Uh, again, we talked about earlier, if they want to send us an email, they can send that to accesshealthradio at gmail.com. And then if they do miss a show or they want to hear a show again or let a family member hear that, uh, they can always listen to an on-demand podcast, either at Apple Podcasts, uh, or at WPTF.com. All right. Thanks, Dr. Forrest. Appreciate that. Uh, straight ahead, our trivia of the week and 
some new news about mammograms just came out this week, and I'll get that information from Dr. Forrest straight ahead on Access Health Radio. Access Health Radio comes your way each Sunday at this same time here on WPTF with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. I'm Mike Davis, and right now it's time for our Access Health Trivia of the Week. You know, the number of people turning to the internet to get their questions answered uh, continues to grow. And according to a new study, in all, about 80% of people that are using the internet, which is a, or about 93 million Americans, have searched for a health-related topic online, according to the study. So lots of people uh, are not just asking us questions. They're out there asking Dr. Google questions. Yeah. Dr. Google is great, uh, but really to get the, the best answer, they need to talk to their own physician, don't they? That's right. That's always the best, the best option. Now, uh, so let me ask my physician, Dr. Forrest, about this new guidance that came out just this week about mammograms. What's going on? Yeah, so, you know, guidelines are always changing. I think sometimes that's frustrating for people. Uh, you know, when the blood pressure guidelines change, people who thought their blood pressure was normal all of a sudden realized it wasn't anymore. Um, you know, and it seems like every you know year or so we turn around and there's new recommendations and new guidelines. Uh, so the first thing I would say is realize that's always based on research that takes a long time to do. So, uh, you know, research they did in the 60s showed one thing. They kept researching, learned more and more in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. And so every time we sort of have more experience, we learn more. We learn what's best based on what's going on. We change these guidelines. Now, what's interesting is when I was actually 25 years ago plus, when I was in medical school, uh, the recommendations for mammograms were that you did start in your 40s. And it sort of over the years had drifted up. And we were all the way up to, for some women, you know, 50 years old starting mammograms. And now the pendulum has swung back. And we're recognizing that women are getting breast cancer, you know, in their late 30s. Uh, many women are having breast cancer in their 40s. And so the new recommendations, which have been released by the United States Presentative uh, Service Task Force, and that's an organization that basically compiles the evidence. Um, they look at it for all these different screening tests, have decided that now starting at age 40 actually makes sense, even for normal risk women. So women who don't necessarily have a strong family history of breast cancer who just turned 40 years old, they really need to start getting their mammograms then. And uh, the recommendation, again, uh, every two years is what's currently uh, there with USPSTF. Um, I honestly, with some of my patients who are higher risk, even say as often as one year, but the new starting age is 40 years old. All right, Doc, thanks for that update. That's all the time we have for this week. And our scripture this week is from Matthew 7. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Thanks for listening to the Access Health Radio Show, and we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.